Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the MTG Complex cast. My name is John, and I'm joined this week by my co-host, Chris. Hello. This week, we're going to be recapping GP Phoenix, as well as checking in on the modern format. But with Worlds taking place this past weekend, there hasn't been much movement in Pioneer or Modern. But we're going to be talking about our uh, our own events, uh, as well as looking at some MTGO challenge and premiere events in both formats to kind of... Uh, look and see how uh the meta is changing uh in the downtime between uh large premier level events um, before we get into the podcast i want to remind everybody that uh every week on friday we are on youtube this podcast you're listening to right now is on youtube you can see our beautiful faces contorted in agony as we uh <laughs> as we record live for you the listener um on our non-podcast weeks, there will be a video of gameplay from Moto um, with myself or Chris or even Steven once in a while. So make sure to tune into those. Last week, I put up a seven-round Pioneer Challenge with Blue Black Inverter, which I'll be talking a little bit about this podcast. If it sounds interesting, you can check out the video on our channel, MTG Conflux. Um, but with that said, let's get into our weekly roundup and talk about what we've been up to. Chris, let's start with you as always. So... um last two weeks i didn't play a ton of magic because it was valentine's day on friday <clears throat> quick aside on that fnm was like mono married guys <laughs> it's like you'd think it'd be like all the single dudes right and there was you know a decent number of single guys we had about half turnout when normally do but it was like all the married guys because married couples know that valentine's day fucking sucks for going out so you do it on the weekend <laughs> yeah which is why i didn't go out instead yeah. i decided that i was going to um you know make her a very nice dinner with some homemade pasta with a nice red vodka sauce with a side of chicken man you can't get away from the spaghetti even in uh even in uh real life huh the spaghetti, the noodles <laughs> And it took fucking forever. Yeah, I bet it did. <laughs> I saw the picture on social media and I was like, fuck that shit. That's a lot of work. And I cook a lot. Like, I'm I'm a big fan of cooking, but making homemade noodles is, that's a bitch and a half. <laughs> like, so I, I've made her, um, this is my, my third time making her homemade pasta. The first two times was ravioli. Ravioli, ravioli. Which is kind of worse right because you have to like pack in the filling and then crimp yeah. it all down and make sure there's no like air in there i didn't need to like make sure there was no air because it like bubbles up yeah because it because when you boil it the gas will expand and try to escape and pop out of your ravioli mtg pasta cast is not what you want right <laughs> and so this time around i was like you know fuck ravioli that shit's way too much work I'm just gonna make some spaghetti and this some, some vodka sauce because I saw this this recipe online. Like, yeah, I'm sure that sounds sounds good. Um, the problem was I didn't have enough egg the first time around, so I had to add more egg. And then I add more egg, then I was too wet, so I had to add more flour. And this, you know, I'm sitting there with like at least two pounds of pasta, shit. like a fuck ton of pasta. <laughs> and it's Sideboarded like, up but to that's 75. just dough, right? So you have to let the, you have to let the dough rest for. You know, mm -hmm. at least half an hour, probably longer, because there's more of it. La la la. 
So in the meantime, oh, you got, gotta go, you go make other stuff, right? It got bigger too after it rested, right? Like the all the air, like whoop. Yeah, and so you you go start making your sauce, and you're like, wait a minute. Part of my sauce requires me to have pasta water, which means I need to be fucking boiling my pasta. That's a good recipe. If your if your recipe calls for the pasta water, that's how you know it's a good sauce, by the way. Yeah, but the as of that moment, it wasn't boiling. There was, was no still, pasta the, water. The pasta was still in a ball, like covered, like resting. It's like, ah, oh, shit. Rest time. Nap time's over, man. Like, <laughs> you gotta get out here. <laughs> You're in. Get in there. But so, like, it's still it's still a round dough. So you gotta like roll it out. Yeah, you, can, you can't just roll thin the first time. So at least you gotta go multiple roll. passes. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go like super old school with a fucking rolling pin. Screw that. Did you have like an attachment like the so two rollers like that a, you like, like roll through? That you like yeah, yeah. you like mount it on the counter and it like it like clamps to the edge of the counter and you just like crank that shit. And your little Italian music comes out. Yeah, it's like a jack in the box, <laughs> like but in Italian. And so you have to like adjust it to be thinner each time you run it through. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. so I'm going, and it's like literally like this fucking long as shit. Right? And I had like three sections this long, <laughs> and then you have to run it through the one where it like actually cuts it to make it like the spaghetti. You're not gonna yeah, just yeah, put yeah. in this big fucking vat of like lost. And so I just have like all this fucking spaghetti and. We're like, there's no way we, we're going to eat all this. So we only made, like, maybe, mm, like, a third of the pasta I made. Uh-huh. So you had it two more times over the weekend? No, so we actually froze the, the rest of the noodles oh. for another time. Smart guy. Um, But yeah, and then, like, trying to time, like, the sauce to be at, like, at, at a time where you'd want the, the pasta to, yeah. like, water to be, like, boiling. And like, then I was trying to make, like, this chicken to go with it. Parasitic recipes that like require ingredients from another part of the dish are a bitch to time. And I, I am by no means like an accomplished chef or cook or anything. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't like, really I got, cook all that often. I got YouTube in a kitchen. <laughs> yeah. So and I, I've been at her house, and at her house they really they don't really believe in measuring ingredients. Oh God. Because everything, most of the things they make, they've made like four hundred million times. Mm-hmm. And so they just like put it in and they like they put in some spice or some whatever and they just like Oh it needs a little bit more. I'm like, what the fuck? Like I have no idea what you guys are doing. <laughs> so and I'm over there like you... making something I've never made before, right? I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I need this much cream. It's like well measuring fuck cups? me, we're just gonna pour it in for the best. <laughs> what the fuck are measuring cups? Like, oh how much vodka is this too much vodka? Not enough vodka. No I such don't know. Thing. Oh man. Yeah, no. Try to, right, though. try to do something like right. a dough without measuring sounds like a fool's errand. I'm amazed you had good results. Well, actually, I mean, I think the dough is like the easiest thing to make without um, the measurements because it's just like if it's if it's falling apart, it's too dry. Yeah, yeah. And if it's like too but, sticky, like, you it's ended too up. Wet. Yeah, you say that, but you ended up with like three times as much fucking dough as you were supposed to. So not okay. No, <laughs> not that much more, <clears throat> but definitely more. Yeah, I should have had like twice as much as I needed instead of three times as much as I needed. I got you. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> enough of MTG uh, pasta cast. Uh, yeah, so I, I I um I played some amulet. Uh huh. Of course you did. Yeah. So I played two leagues online and once in paper. In paper, it was two weeks ago at FNM. I did not play the new Dryad Valakut shenanigans. 
just the good old fashioned um some snakes on a snakes on a I can't make a good snakes on a plane <laughs> here. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so what what was weird about that FNM was I played against Eldrazitron three out of four rounds. So that was cool. I think I played against literally every person in the room who was playing the deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that, and man. And surprisingly, I lost to it twice. Man, they must have just been better than you. Why'd you lose? Literally. Yeah, so you can't you can't win every time, right? But it's really hard to beat the double TKS draws. Like the Chalice on Zero into double TKS, it's kind of I mean, hard. that's like the nut it's high, though, right? Kind of hard to beat those draws. I did lose a game because I kept a kind of greedy hand. It was like triple amulet, a pact, and some lands. But uh, the lands didn't make green. Ah. It's like, all right, but I mean, if I draw like literally any green bounce land, I win the game. Like immediately. Or if I draw any regular bounce land, any other regular green land, I can play like, you know, maybe a once upon a time if I draw it and then go get a green land and then kill them. Mm -hmm. I instead just never drew any real lands ever again, ever, and just died. So that was cool. In your 30 land deck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, oh, you know, you really need a green source. Well, how about a, how about a Radiant Fountain? No? Well, uh, perhaps Cavern Souls. Is this a green source? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. But actually, no. Like, ugh. Like, oh, you want, you, want a, you want another Chalaria West? Like, well... Fuck. That kind of <laughs> makes green. Because, <laughs> like, you need to play two Chalaria West in order to transmute the third Chalaria West you draw. But it's like, there's no way I'm going to draw a third Chalaria West. <laughs> so I just won't play the second Chalaria West because it, like, it, it's, you know, mana positive with my three amulets. So I'll just, like, wait on it. And then, you know, you draw, like, your third one and you die the turn before you can transmute it. You know, you know the drill. Excellent. <clears throat> um, but online, I uh, I have been playing the Valaguts because um, it's pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. I tried the first league out with four scouts and four Zeus of four um, dryads. The deck felt very clunky. I was not a fan of uh, snakes plus eight three drops. Mm-hmm. Because Snake is just not very good at making three mana on turn two. Because half of your lands come to play tapped. Tapped, yeah. But Grazer. And even if you play an amulet. So if you go like turn one Snake, turn two amulet. Then you can do it, but then. Yeah. But if you just like, play Grazer, easy peasy. Yeah, so it was kind of clunky. I went 3-2 the first league. Um, clung to my way through. Uh, second league, I swapped out for Grazers. And... Grazers felt much much better playing with a bunch of drives in your deck. That being said, I uh, I think I went two and three. <laughs> Oof. In that league, I got paired against Grixis, and yeah, that matchup was kind of bizarre because um, it's like just slogging through the Mystic Sanctuarying back counter spells and stuff is just really annoying. Just can't actually kill you in like a reasonable amount of time, so you can kind of just sit and wait. I mean, Cavern's wait. obviously really good there, right? Yeah. So if you Cavern in one Titan, you get to feel that the game's basically. <clears throat> you just have to be patient. 
And Grazer's really good at blocking Snapcaster Mage, which is like the only way they usually sneak out the wins, right? So you they want to like play early snaps and like pressure you while disrupting you with their like Grixis stuff. But a Grazer just like soon soaks up a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And they have to burn like cards on your stupid Grazers, which have already done their job to ramp you. That's pretty nice. Um humans, I play against humans next, and as it turns out, when your lands can kill the humans, humans don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it seems not ideal for them. So they had like a meddling mage almost every time. But um I think one game I just drew the Valakut and just got to machine gun their entire board. I feel like humans already had a bad matchup against old amulet, so like playing Volokut certainly doesn't improve things. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, the plan was always basically meddling mage and uh, primeval titan, hope you get there in time. Mm-hmm. And with Volokut, just gives them another draw to make you not get there in time. And having a bunch of stupid two fours is pretty good at like stepping the the aggression. Yeah, because then the meddling mages can't even get in. And there's times where, like, you have an Azusa and a uh, Dryad, and they can't even get in with a 3-3 Meddling Mage after, like, a, a Lieutenant or something. Mm-hmm. So you just buy a lot more time. But you gain Valakut, but at the expense of, you know, Walking Blista, so... I don't know. Yeah. Is Blista in the board still, or no? Uh, I had it in the board, yeah. But a lot of people don't. Uh, and then, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, 2-0, and and then I get shrecked by three Blood Moon decks back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Nice, uh, nice. I get pretty against Blue Moon, and that felt miserable, as it always does. There's a reason why people are playing that deck right now. <laughs> it's <And> you. <laughs> Blue Moon, now with access to Mystic Sanctuary, is really dumb. Because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, as long as they don't draw Blood Moon, I can slog the shit. And they're like, oh, how about, can you beat another Remand? I had a, a turn where I thought I might finally be able to do something, and he's he just goes, oh, fetch my Tarn for Mystic Sanctuary, put my Remand on top of my deck, crack my Fiery Islet, draw my Remand, Remand. <laughs> yeah, were they playing, uh, like, Omen of the Sea? Uh, I didn't see it. Omen's, like, Omen and Op to make it really easy to, like, get stuff, too, like... Yeah, they were yeah. playing Thing in the Ice and um, Magmatic Sinkles. Mm-hmm. Oh, that version, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and then I the um, I got paired against Mono Red Prowls twice in a row. <laughs> which is a dumb deck. And they're playing Moons? I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Just like for when they're not quite fast enough, it's like, oh, I didn't kill you? Well, here's a Blood Moon. I'm going to kill you pretty soon anyways. <laughs> yeah, fun fact, Blood Moon triggers Prowess. Yep. Because why not? <laughs> um really glad to be playing Grazer and not Scout against the Lava Dart deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck that shit. But yeah. yeah, um lots of Blood Moons, pretty good. And there was a I, I almost got to sneak out um victory against the Blue Moon deck with the whole like dryad um like time stamping around the Blood Moon to like get around mm. the Blood Moon. But um <laughs> Even after I resolve one, like I had to fight to resolve one. He just untaps and like bounces it with Brazen Borrower. Mm-hmm. I'm just like back to trying to resolve this stupid fucking three 
drop. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Getting remanded. God, I love remand. What a fun card. Yeah, so overall, I it's kind of hard, a little bit hard to say if the Valakut plan is like actually really good. Because against like Grixes, I didn't feel like it was necessary at all. Uh, against humans, obviously, it was very good. But um, like any random removal spell would have been just as good. Mm-hmm. And in the times where I like landed a Titan and got to nuke their shit with a Valakut, I think that I could have found a way to kill them regardless. Um, and then against the Blood Moon decks, it didn't matter at all. And having Dry didn't save me against the Blood Moon decks either. Mm-hmm. It's like a few extra percentage points in your favor, I guess. Yeah. Personally, not not super impressed, <laughs> but keep trying it out. See see how it goes. Um, one thing I'll say, I guess I'll just talk about, or maybe I'll you know, talk about this later. But <laughs> however you wanna, fine. Let's just talk about amulet now. Just get it all out of the way. It's always amulet time. Um, so if you you should definitely asking like, is do I think Titan's the best deck? And the SCG people think it's the boogeyman for sure, judging by what people are playing and and yeah. So pe- yeah, l- like board, board the, options. The Wednesday after we last recorded our last podcast, um, Modern Nexus came out with an article talking about um, mm-hmm. the perceived menace of this, you know, Titan meta or whatever, and it uh, clearly showed that among SCG events, uh, Amulet was very highly represented, and. But it wasn't very highly represented in the top results. Mm-hmm. Like nothing in like the top eight. I don't think not a whole lot in the top thirty-two. Like a decent number in day two, but mostly by sheer volume of of people registering the deck. And so, is the deck actually that good? Um, I'm kind of of the opinion, you know. Haters will say it's biased, but <laughs> I'm kind of with the opinion that the deck is not as good as everyone thinks it is. Mm. And I think that um, online, there's definitely this huge like surge against the Titan decks. Like, when's the last time we've seen a? I I can't remember the last time I've seen played against like a Blue Moon type of deck. Yeah, it's been a minute. And there was once a time when Modern Red Palace didn't even board Blood Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just like, why? It was the, you know, you just kill them before. Yeah, just kill them. Like you're killing them on with, turn three or four, so why play Blood Moon when it's Blood like... Moon. Yeah. Uh, granted, those were days with looting in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. But, um... So as a quick aside, we've got... We're going to talk about this later, but we've got the Modern Challenge and Premiere event from um, this past weekend in... In the six and one or better decks, it looks like there's there's a seven and zero amulet deck, but there's that's the only deck represented in the in the premier event. Uh, but then in the challenge, there's um, like three six and one amulet decks, uh, and three five and two amulet decks out of you know I don't know like uh, thirty two people or so I think is what this is top thirty two. Um, so the amulet decks there's one at four and three I guess, but by and large they floated to the top. Um, so it's still, you know, it's still doing pretty well. Although 
online there are a lot of dedicated amulet grinders so it's not surprising that there would be good results from you know other other aficionados such as yourself who are going to play amulet you know rain or shine <laughs> yeah only deck i have online so yeah exactly kind of locked in on that one <laughs> Um, but I mean, it you know it it has been putting up decent results last this last weekend online at least. So, um. yeah. One thing I'll say, I I did notice something um, on on Reddit today where people were talking about amulet. God, everyone for some reason, modern players fucking love talking about um, bands, mm-hmm. and especially on Reddit. God, Reddit loves bands. Reddit loves bands. Reddit they loves clamoring love about bands. bands. And this is bad. Like this needs to get banned. That needs to get banned. Blah blah blah. So uh, as usual, someone's talking about. Oh, should Bob? Should this be banned? Like, should Titan decks get banned? And one one person mentioned that the the move towards these Valakut type of strategy amulet lists makes these decks easier to play, mm-hmm. which I agree with. Um, you'll you'll we'll notice even in one of these um, in some of these like decks that did well placed well in the challenge. Don't even play engineering explosives in their main deck. Like I think one or like one list I found didn't even yeah, six at one didn't even have a explosives in the main deck, and a lot of decks are going down to tutorial us. So the deck as a toolbox deck is becoming less of a thing. And it's becoming more straightforward of play some lands, play a Garen Brig, make a Titan, make some Valakas, pew, 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 pew. Which I kind of dislike. Because my, um, one of the reasons why I like the deck so much is because of how intricate and convoluted it is. And to have the deck be dumbed down is not necessarily something that I personally mm. um, want for the deck. Not that it has anything to do with necessarily, is it too good, right? But I think that's also the reason why it's becoming more popular. Yeah, makes the sense. biggest barrier to entry was its complexity, right? Mm-hmm. At least its perceived complexity. And I mean, the, the, the combo kills were very, you know, easy to, to find. Playing the deck, you know, always. But it was the grindy, you know decks where you really need to tutor out the right things at the right times that were you know differentiating the the really good players and the people who know how to play summer bloom mm-hmm. but now those games are just fewer and far between because you know if you have a dry and you play a titan you get a valk cut and literally other end of the land in your deck you're gonna bolt some stuff or even before that field of the dead made the lines a lot more clear too right like yeah like you, but I mean, it, with field, you still had to like make sure you, you to make sure. Oh, do you have how many names you have? What different mm-hmm. names? Because there's a lot of times where you maybe you want a second wheel chamber for two blue, but if you do that, you won't get zombies. And so there's times where you're supposed to not get zombies, so you can have the two blue to transmute. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people would think, oh no, I can't do that. I shouldn't make zombies. Mm-hmm. With the valid guy, it doesn't even fucking matter. You just get yeah. literally whatever and just start shooting stuff well, it seems like a lot of the cards in the, that have been added to the deck have much more on rails play patterns right like castle garenbrig is very obvious for how you're supposed to like use that card like yeah we you're not doing weird shenanigans with karoo lands trying to like bounce them and generate mana you're just like play some lands 
tap the Garenbrig, you make six green mana, and you play your Titan. <laughs> Done. Seems much more um, streamlined. Yeah, there's there's no complexity about this card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it ramps one. So I noticed that two of the lists in the challenge are still playing Sakura Tribe Scout, and one is playing the Grazers. Um, our 7-0 Pioneer list is on one Grazer for Scouts, <laughs> so they... They also were playing Scalp and wanted a fifth of the effect. So it looks like the Grazer decks are less popular than the Scout decks, which is interesting because it does seem like you were saying like there is some reasons to be off of Scout right now. What with the Lava Darts floating around in earnest and just the fact that padding your deck of a bunch of three drops and Scouts doesn't always um, work out so well. Yeah, I mean... The thing that I can think of is that Scout is better with an active Valakut than Grazer, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like Scout is a lot better once you're online mm-hmm. than Grazer, but Grazer is better at getting you online in the face of interaction or in the face of a non-amulet draw. It does increase your survivability as well, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Having so, so Grazer's, I think, on average better at getting you there. And Scout's better at doing things once you're there. Maybe with Once Upon a Time in the deck, it's just not... The issue isn't necessarily getting there as much as it used to be. Like, you are you think you're getting there more often, and then it's just having the, the highest threshold of, of, you know, power level at that point? Uh, well, I mean, Once Upon a Time doesn't doesn't help you accelerate. No, but it helps you find the stuff that you need to, right? Like... Yeah, so it helps you, like... Because, like, before you would, like... You'd have to stir on one sometimes, right? But now if you're oncing on one, then you're playing your Grazer or your Scout or your Amulet on one, right? So that you're, like, you're... You're kind of, like, compressing the timeline on when you're taking, like, relevant actions, I feel like? Is that is that wrong? Yeah, I just feel like I would want to be... um, Like pushing putting the pressure on as early as possible by playing a three drop on turn two as consistently as i can mm-hmm. and grazer does that better than scout does yeah that's fair that being said um i mean i i like scout a lot um but you know in in a you know scout's also harder harder card to play with than than grazer But I don't know, like, I would just think that in a vacuum, you would rather be playing Grazers, not in a vacuum. Because you, your scouts are more susceptible to interaction. Yeah. And if your first play of your game is a Azusa or a Dryad on turn three, it's pretty not medium. Great. Like, if your first play of the game is a turn three Dryad, you can't even play a Titan the next turn unless you have requisite. Unless you have, like, two untapped lands in your hand that turn you untap with a dryad. Mm. <clears throat> Which is a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I guess that might be more likely if you weren't doing anything the first two turns of the game and you kept... <laughs> we'll hope, at least. Yeah. 
one thing I'll, I'll say is um, Dryad's kind of annoying online because now your lands all tap for everything. Oh, it's like more clicks. <laughs> yeah, so like Cabin of Souls, God. <clears throat> so <laughs> Cabin of Souls has one for colorless, and then one for each color with the claws of can't be countered, and then one for each color. So it's like, got 11 options? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> it's pretty absurd. And then if Sir Opponent has Urborg, it has tap for Swamp twice. There's two separate instances of tap for Black. Awesome. <laughs> don't don't know why that's that's a thing. But. Yeah, it's just how it's coded. It adds it separately. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> tapping fetch lands for man is great. Yeah. Because then you can save them for later when you want to like have an active Valakut or something. Mm-hmm. Hey man, people are doing that in uh, Pioneer for Blue Black Inverter. You play um, uh, Urborg, so that way your Fable Passages uh, can tap for Black after you invert. Because otherwise, you have like no basics in your invert your you know your former graveyard now deck. There's no basics in there usually. Like why would there be? So yeah. now you uh, now your Fable Passages you're redrawing actually puts you up on mana, which is really nice. So. So you don't you don't think it's the scourge of the format? I think it's definitely the perceived boogeyman, mm-hmm. and we're seeing everyone pivot to that point. Um, a lot of these amulet decks are even playing. Um, How's it called? Aether Gust, yeah. Oh, cybering <laughs> Aether Gust for what I presume is the mirror. Yeah, it's gotta uh, in be. The, in the past, they would typically just play Disdainful Stroke because, like, oh, it's good in the mirror and it counters Urza. Mm-hmm. Well, now with um, the Banner Opal, I guess everyone's not so concerned with Urza anymore and actually just really wants the ultra anti-green hate. <laughs> and Aether Gust is better because it beats Cavern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said you got uh, Flash Frozen, right? <laughs> Yeah, my blue moon opponent flash froze my Jiraiyad. I haven't put flash freeze in my deck in like maybe two years. <laughs> it was probably in a blue moon deck the last time I played it. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't imagine like oh man you you didn't have enough ticks to get like an Aether Gust. I mean countering is good, but yeah, yeah I don't know. Like, like countering instead of putting it on the bottom? I don't know. This can bring it in against the red decks too. Like how good is Aether Gust against Mono Red Prowess, you know? I mean, Aether Gust does the same thing. How good is Flash Freeze against <laughs> Mono Red Prowess really? It counters. Counters. Okay, but putting it on the bottom of the deck is like basically the same thing. They don't they choose? No. Not crazy. You choose. Oh, it's owner chooses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like they're like, uh, bolt you trigger prowess triggers. Uh, put it on top. Cool. Next turn, bolt you again. More triggers. Like I don't know. I guess that's fair. Yeah, maybe they're just hedging because there's like so much prowess. I don't know, but being, I mean, they're like, oh, I'm a blue moon deck. So I already have like the cavern like kind of unlock. I don't know. I'm sure like kind of like line of reasoning. So, well, you've been having your adventures in Modern. Um, I've been having adventures in Pioneer. Although, I guess I'll talk about my FNMs first. 
So since uh since 4C Snow has been brutally downpowered by the loss of Oko, <laughs> it is now the dirtiest of decks. It's so slow. God, it's so slow without Oko. I forgot how slow it was. Oh, it's like snail's pace, man. Um, so I've been playing other decks again. I was on the same deck for the longest I've been on a deck for a while, right? It was like, what, half a year on, on Four Colors Snow? Yeah, long Something time. like that. Pretty long time. So I'm back to my different deck every week ways again. <laughs> I, have, I have a sickness. Can only be can only be cured by jank. Welcome back, John. <laughs> was that? Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. I missed you all. Bringing spice to the podcast instead of taking talking about the same deck every week like Chris does. <laughs> um, but I played um, uh, Bant Snow. I played McWind Sauce's list with the the Blood Moons in the board because we have so much Etron and Amulet at our shop. And uh, I got Riggedy wrecked. It was awesome. I played the like seventy five card Mirror in the last round and like the losers bracket. Like we were both playing McWind Sauce's list, except. He actually had the 75, and I had the 73 because I don't own an Uro or an Elspeth, the new Elspeth, <laughs> so I subbed him out. I think I played like a third Teferi instead of Uro, a baby Teferi, and then instead of Elspeth, I played four mana Gideon. Not as good of cards, let me tell you, <laughs> especially the Gideon. Holy crap. Pales in comparison. Um, so that was a bummer. I like got whomped game one. Game two was looking pretty good for me. Then my opponent got like a phone call and had like some emergency at home and had to leave. So I was literally uh, I I was Elspeth spared from death or whatever the <laughs> the name of that card yeah. is. So who escaped there? You or your opponent? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was a bummer. That was like the last round too, I think. So uh and then this week i was like you know what i want to play something more proactive i keep playing i've been playing these stoneforge decks for a little bit of fnm like two weeks in a row and i was like you know i thought like batter skull was proactive enough but i just feel like i'm like dying before i can like do what i need to do i need to be more aggressive so i was like i'll play grixis death shadow so i i put together grixis death shadow which i haven't played in like what two and a half three years probably i uh and people are like oh i didn't know you played grixis death shadow i've never never seen you Played that deck. I was like, I played this deck at like two GPs. I like day two in Vegas with this deck. Like what? <laughs> like, yeah, when that was like the deck. Yeah, man, that was the deck. Beat Chris Picula in the mirror. Uh, yeah, my one claim to fame. Really awesome. <laughs> that and drawing against Paulo at <laughs> a team GP. Meanwhile, I went to Vegas, played against a guy from our own fucking shop <laughs> at the end of day one and lost. Oof. Yeah, it's like the time I went to uh, SCG uh, Portland and like played with someone I rode down with. It was like a few hundred person event. It was like round four. I'm on. I'm on like Death and Taxes, and they're playing like Jeskai Delver or something, and just fucking murdered me like a pile of removal. I was like, cool. That was fun. Anyways, so I played GDS. Uh, I played against like Rug Delver round one, um, and like somehow mixed up the interaction. I played like um, we had like a pretty cluttered board. Like I had you know like multiple shadows and like a Gurmog, and they had like Goifs, like two Goifs and a, a Hooting Mandrels, I think. And like I rip uh, the Royal Scions off the top, and I 
mistook the um trample plus first strike interaction for the trample plus death touch interaction you can uh, see where this is going and like i did the big think and was like yep yep we're good i'm pretty sure i just plus on a plus on a shadow and swing up the team and i got it and it was like no i did not have it i i had to assign more damage to a blocker than i thought i had to more than one huh? more than one damage it turns out still still was like took some mathing on both our parts uh and then i did it on the crack pack so that was super sweet because i could have just know, like if you had mono one ones you may have not realized your mistake yeah right so I think if I just like paused on a shadow and swung in, it would have like basically been an abyss. Um, so rip. <laughs> Probably could have won that game. Oh well. Uh, so I lost that match, and then I played against. Um, oh geez, testing my memory. My my terrible, terrible memory. Um, I played against. Um, oh geez. What did I play against? My memory is so bad. It doesn't matter. I did not do well. <laughs> I think I finished two and two. Um, and so, of course, I'm off to some other deck now. Oh, Shadow felt good, but I just had some close matchups. Uh, so this time I'm looking at I'm looking at playing. I got my eye on Demir, Demir Urza, Wurza, because um, I, I hit up a friend. I was like, hey, can I like, could I borrow your Urzas? I want to like try playing an Urza deck. And he's like, sure. And he's like, actually, show me your trade binder. And maybe I'll just trade you for him. I was like, sure, whatever. And then he actually found crap you wanted in my pile of garbage. So I own four Urzas now. <laughs> Guess I'm playing Demir Urza. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm pretty sure there's, an, there's a really good Urza deck out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't really been, dis but it may have not been discovered yet. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. People are messing around with like Bant still, and um, uh, there's the the blue black one which I like because it's kind of like a control deck. Um, you know, I like playing it's playing removal and counter spells, and then it's got the combo in Urza is just like a really high value threat. So, um, but what you know, listening to listening to you, John, playing these like Bant Snowblade Snow Control. You know, blue black Urza. You know, you wouldn't believe that this this guy played you know anything remotely aggressive in the past. Yeah, that's the other deck that's caught my eye though. The other deck, this 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 deck that's probably terrible. This pile, uh, I I spied in like a, a five zero deck dump. Someone, some madman, Ocelot eight twenty three. I wonder if that's like their area code. <laughs> is uh is playing blue white delver blade in modern and boy oh boy did this this catch my interest it's running um like the blue white blade package but um i'll move it over so people on youtube can see i guess um it's running like uh four delvers four snaps four stone forge and they've got this two two split of path to exile and vapor snag that i'm i'm not entirely on board with and then they're playing remands uh four fucking archmage's charms to go with uh some uh not 
Mystic Sanctuaries, which is kind of interesting. They got four Archmage's Charms, just running it as a counterspell slash draw spell. Four Force of Negations. Um, and then they've got four four Serum Visions, because you have to be able to flip your Delver and two Opts. So it's just like this aggro control pile. And it looks sweet. I love Delver of Secrets. I lost to, uh, to Rug Delver at FNM, so clearly, you know, Delver is good again in Modern, right? Oh. Well, some say it was never bad. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> It's a fucking lie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. I used to just play like mono Delver, mono tempo decks, and I just like want to play something aggressive again. I don't know. I just like all the aggressive decks are like too burny. It's like mono red prowess is not my jam. I don't want to just like, I don't want to like play dudes, huck lightning bolts at my opponent's face and then like cross my fucking fingers every turn of the game. It's just like not what I'm about. I want to play some permission and like, Aggressive decks with permission haven't really, like... They're usually bad. Yeah. Like, Gurkha's Death Shadow is definitely the closest we've had to that. And Shadow kind of saw, like, a little bit of a resurgence. Um, but um, it's kind of dropping back down again. But uh, who knows? We'll try out this sweet blue-white pile. I'm going to run it through a league uh, before I take it to FNM. See if it plays anything like I imagine it does. I'd hate to just, like get raffle stomped at FNM again because I bring an absolute dumpster fire of a deck. Uh, I am noticing a lot of these decks, like this blue-black um, uh, or where's the deck is also playing. All these decks are playing like three and four Archmage's Charms now, man. Like all the blue decks are just like loading up, just like cramming play sets of Archmage's Charm into their deck. Uh, and like very few, you know, like the where's the deck is playing two Cryptics. Um, this blue-white deck isn't playing any because it's, you know, an aggro deck basically so um i don't know seems like cryptic is slowly being um unthroned in favor of uh, archmage's charm uh being a mana cheaper is kind of big and it lets you, you know just double draw sometimes it comes up with cryptic you're just like oh i'm just gonna like bounce something draw a card eot to like try to get some card advantage or whatever yeah. and it's like, I really want to try and dig for something, but I don't want to just throw this cryptic away for no value. Yeah, and Charm just, like, does it way better. And it's really good against, like, crap like Death Shadow. <laughs> I did play, I played an Archmage's Charm, I think it was, like, the blue-red um, Breach deck. I played against uh, Amulet, and I, like, took their, their Amulet, and they were like, okay. <laughs> I, I, I had this Amulet, like, the whole time. It was like, uh, if I, like, fetch... A shock tap? Does the amulet untap it? I don't even remember yes. what. I think so. And they're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. It's like, okay. I guess I'll do that. <laughs> it's like, cool. Very high, high impact play. It's like, it's like EOT fetch first defense trigger untap. All right, go to my turn. <laughs> yeah, basically, I think I did do that. Eh. <laughs> it's more like basically played it as a shatter i was like cool shatter with upside i guess eh. <laughs> yeah. but um but aside from modern i have been playing uh pioneer and i went through a god-awful event i played a seven round pioneer challenge and it was last sunday and it started at six in the morning Oh, <laughs> I'm not a morning person. 
Um, I try to sleep in as late as fucking possible on the weekends. That's usually like past 10 o'clock minimum. Hopefully that's like ideal. I woke up at 6 a.m. I think I went to bed at like 10. I tried to go to bed at 10. I did not sleep well, man. I was tossing and turning. I had a really hard time falling asleep that early. I don't feel like I slept very much at all, honestly. <laughs> like maybe I was finally getting some actual sleep at the, like the end of the night. 6 a.m. is generally when John goes to bed. Yeah, more more in that direction at least. God. So I get up, I make my coffee, I like heat up an English muffin or something, fire up the 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 uh, you know OBS, start recording. And God, did I play a lot of mirrors. So I played played um I like registered my deck too, like the night before I went to bed. I was like, oh, in case I don't wake up in time, if I like wake up a little late, I'll like, you know, at least I'll be in the event and like show up late to round one. Um, but I like locked in uh Team Peppa Pig's uh blue black inverter deck. Who the fuck is Team Peppa Pig? You might be asking yourself, because I didn't know who the fuck they were until I was paying more attention on Twitter, but it's um a bunch of like the younger SCG grinders, like um it's Oliver Oliver Chu and Oliver Tamajiko. Can never like I can't pronounce either of their names properly, I don't think. And um Noah Walker, who I really have been a fan of because of his play of Grixis Delver and Legacy for a long time. I think he's like just like a really good uh aggro tempo type player. Um and I always really like his deck lists. I feel like they're really well polished and, and positioned against the metagame. And both of the Olivers have been pretty hot shit now and in the past. Um just playing competitive magic. Um I think they collectively just have really good deck lists. Um, they were partnered with like Ben Friedman, um, who I've liked a lot of his lists in the past, and another player who I don't really remember their name. They didn't they didn't do very well. I think they're like the the odd man out on the team. Um, but um, so I was like, okay, like really good pedigree on deck list from this team, and they were all through the th- the two Olivers and Noah were playing this list exactly at the PT uh, that we're going to talk. Oh, sorry, the yeah the PT that we're going to talk about in Phoenix. Um, GP and. Was that? It's a GP, right? It was a PT and a GP. No, it was both. They did paired both, paired events. Yeah. Sorry, um, so they were at the PT in Phoenix, um, and they registered the same list. And their list was really teched for um, the Lotus decks and for the Mirror. Um, and I was expecting because this was the Sunday of that you know PT event, so the deck was for public. You know, everyone that's paying attention kind of knew what was going on. And I was expecting a lot of Lotus. Uh, Lotus Field decks, and I was expecting a lot of um, bug decks of Uro. And I was like, okay, like they're playing like um, two main deck mystical disputes. Like all the good decks are blue. I'm totally on board with that. Uh, they're playing um, uh, four uh, of the two mana main deck discards. They had four Thoughtseize and four um, Thought Erasures. Um, so they're like really all in on the discard. They had main deck Narset and a Narset in the sideboard, which like no one else had been playing at that point. Um, and Nurse is just like really good against the mirror and the the Lotus decks. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, it's actually pretty good against Uro too, because it stops him from drawing the extra cards. So I was like, yep, yep. I'm like, oh, I'm on board of all of this. This sounds really great. I think this tech dot list is awesome. And then I had seen, because I looked through like all the inverter deck lists that got published from the PT. I was like, I want to see what people are doing. I really want to know. And um, I saw uh, some people were playing copies of Agonizing Remorse, and I really liked Agonizing Remorse as an option for Inverter instead of Thought Erasure because it 
it does the Thoughtseize thing, so it's one in a black, you look at their hand, you take a card, but you exile a card. And if you don't look at a card from the hand, you can exile a card from the graveyard. And I was like, well, this seems really great. Like, um, you see the same amount of cards, you can take the same cards, but you can exile the Uro to get it gone from the hand for good, or like a card for, against, you know, uh, the field decks so that they can't um, Underworld Breach it back later. Or you can take the combo piece against uh, Inverter and then it's gone. It's not like ready to be shuffled back into the deck by Inverter later so that they can set up the win. It snags Uro if it's already in the graveyard so they can't escape it. Um, it's like fringe good against like the um, the like uh, Flare decks and the other graveyard decks in case those show up. Because like, you know, normally against those decks you don't really want to be taking stuff out of their hand and putting it in the yard because they're, doing, they're trying to do that anyways. But now you just exile it and it's still good. Um, so you, you lose a life on like thought erasure, which doesn't cost you any life and you miss it on the surveil one. And so I was like, well, I think I'm like pretty okay with that, that trade-off. And so I, I, I kept their list exactly as it was, except for I swapped the four thought erasures for, for those. Um, and losing the surveil, I think was pretty relevant, honestly, over the course of a seven round event. Um, I mean, that is a lot of, you know, um, draw filtering that you lose out on not having that, that surveil one. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feed two cards in the yard for, um, for delve. Um, so I'm thinking maybe like a two, two split might've been better just to have access to the effect, you know, like you're getting erode less often that way, but I played the mirror four times <laughs> in that event, seven run event, played four the mirror seven played it four times so so you're the mirror master down right yeah i went one and three in the mirror Oof. um and so their list does not really have any like sideboard jukes i mean it's got jace Vern's prodigy but you're not playing pack rat um you're not playing scare up god you're not playing enter the god eternals um your win cons are basically the inverter combo uh jace's ults either jace's ult which is pretty slow to work up towards um no cloaks from the blind eternities to like rebuy into the combo just really kind of streamlined um but i feel like a lot of people were like some people are playing four pack rats on the board which is just a ton of slots to spend on you know like a sideboard juke i just i don't know and pack rat is super mana intensive to actually do anything with i actually beat a player in the mirror uh, in game three where they just like played a rat and then like the whole game was just about the rats and it was like i kept killing the rats bouncing the rat like interacting with the rats and like they never actually were able to like get ra like a surplus of rats in play and actually like beat down like they were on like one to two rats at all times there was like it was like i'm tapped out where they have like a rat or like I have been up and they have a rat going into two rats. And it was like, they were never able to like get a lot of damage in. And I just like squeezed them on resources, and then combo killed them. So like rat really like it, it strips resources out of your hands. It ties up your mana. It's just like, you're all, if you decide you're on the rat plan, you're like all in on the rat plan. And I'm like, you can get, ex you know, you can get exploited by an opponent who like looks to leverage that. Like I did. And well, yeah, I mean, that, <clears throat> it's kind of how the, the pack rat, plan goes right you, that's how the pack rat you crumbles. never you never go half in on the rat no you really can't like you can't like you can't like eh, maybe maybe we like take the take the foot off the gas pedal um and so 
like don't get me wrong like if you get the rat like onto you can like run away with it and that's like so i i, I literally like thought like like the thoughts eased or you know uh ratio affected my my opponent took the rat and then they're like drew for the turn and drew another fucking rat and played the rat and the game was that was the game was about the rat at that point but like it's not a guarantee you're gonna win you know i don't know i'm just people are like a lot of people are playing legions in the sideboard one to two copies very common like that's a really clean answer to the rat you can also play it against thassa's oracle so if they like run out an oracle you can strip any extra ones from their hands it exiles them they're gone you know um they're not getting yeah they're not fuel for dig they're not getting shuffled back in by inverter so i just don't know i don't know i'm not a, a huge believer in the rat plan honestly and if i was gonna run rat i'd probably only run like one or two i wouldn't go full bore on the the four fucking rats i don't think yeah, as it turns out if you play a second rat with the rat already in play two mana for rat versus three mana for rat not really that much better yeah i mean it comes up sometimes when you're trying to squeeze through like um a mystical dispute and you're like aha i can like i can rat on five instead of ratting on six cool but, i mean it just makes it you draw the rat more often yeah yeah but exactly. drawing the second rat is not very good yeah it's marginal returns it's like yeah it's like i guess you just discard it to the rat because that way they can't counterspell it right like huh <laughs> or you make two rats on five instead yeah. of one yeah so it's whatever so i played against the mirror a lot i felt like you know i'm not i'm not saying i'm like i'm not saying i'm just unlucky like I, I feel like i played pretty well but not like definitely not perfectly i made a lot of mistakes i'm sure i wasn't playing perfectly but i felt like a lot of the games came down to like we were just kind of both slugged it out ended up kind of empty-handed and my opponent would like rip a dig first or like they just like stumble into the second half of the combo and i just you know i just die and that was really frustrating you know it feels kind of like jund sometimes where like oh you're like trading resources back and forth and then like someone like rips like a you know you draw a thought season they draw a blood braid elf right like like game's fucking over at that point usually like that's what happens a lot in the mirror and i felt like i was on you know flipping coins basically and i felt like i was losing the flips more often on those you know low resource games where we were at parity so it was frustrating because i feel like my version of the deck you know i'm playing narset i'm up at two on board i have like more ways to find you know action i'm playing jace i have a i have a lot more air quote dig through times in my deck right like i've got the four digs the two narsets the two jaces i have a lot of fucking dig through times in my deck post board and i felt like most people aren't playing that type of list so i felt like i was like kind of unlucky to um not be just ripping like gas and you know the mirror late game um so that was a bummer i played against the breach deck once i did beat it um i made a punt um it was like the second round it was still really early i cast um my discard spell and um uh the um the agonizing remorse and my opponent you know reveals their hand yada yada and moto for some reason takes like it's got the graveyard window and the hand window and it just blows up the the graveyard window like way bigger and like in the foreground and then it like makes the hand went all tiny like over in the corner for some i don't know why like the ui is fucking whack in moto and so i'm like oh that's weird it's like really similar to like the cards they've already seen and i was like I guess i just you know they're really redundant they're drawing a lot of redundant cards and so i was like oh i'll take this one and i fucking exiled a card from the graveyard and stuff from their hand. <laughs> retarded like really stupid really really stupid and it's like huh i think my opponent's a moron and so they like they combo off the next turn right and i was like fuck man this sucks this is awful i'm so stupid i'm kicking myself i was like i like never scoop though online especially in like you know events like this like whatever 
F6, I'll go like read Twitter or something and wait for them to do their thing. Maybe they'll burn a bunch of clock and it'll matter later. I'm that guy. And they're going, 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 going. And then they just like pass turn. It's like, what? I'm like looking through the graveyard because like I haven't been paying attention. So I'm like, oh, I guess they just fizzled. Like they had like four cards left in deck or something. I was like, oh, okay. I have to like not just lose to Oracle now, I guess, or like Faye into something. So I was like, uh, okay, I guess I'll just play control for like a turn or two. And I won. <laughs> It's like okay, next, and so yeah, I won that. I won that match amazingly, wow. despite like basically throwing game one. So that was cool. Um, played against Mono Black in like round six, deep into the event. I uh, beat them. Um, I milled them out with Jace. One of the games. <laughs> you milled them with Jace? Yeah, I milled them out, or I milled. I'm sorry, I milled. I milled myself out with Jace. I milled myself out with Jace. I, I won oh. with Jace's ult. Sorry. It's like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I milled them out. I, I milled myself out and won with Jace is what I mean. Um, so yeah, like did the Jace thing. I think they like, ex- they like, uh, they lost legacy to me and, and um, I think in one, I'm trying to remember if this is the event. I had an opponent like lost legacy me and named Thass as Oracle. I was just like, <laughs> I think that was like, I think that was game one against this guy. I'm, I'm forgetful, but I think this was against the, the monoblock player. And then I was just like, oh, kill you with Jace combo the next turn or something. Like, I'm pretty sure I just like, I think I had like inverter in play. So they named, maybe that's what it was. Maybe they didn't have a choice. I'm so forgetful. Maybe that's what it was. But the next game, one of the games. Oh, we're so bad. Oh, no, they were just dead either way. I was like, wait, wait, they just did either way. Maybe that's what it was. My memory is terrible. But the next game they they did, they named named inverter. They they stripped all my inverters out of my deck successfully. And then I just had to like play the long game with Jace and got there. It was fun. It was really fun games, actually. They're like really, really long games. Um, Legion's End was very good. Um, so, uh, and then I played against Mono Red the last round, like the kind of like chonky, but not too chonky red with like Torbane, Torbane, semi chonky, semi chonky, a little thick in the middle. Love handle red. Um, but they weren't playing like Glorybringers and all that jazz. And man, man, is that version of the deck really bad against Torbane? Torbran? I don't know how to pronounce that card. It's so bad against him. Like, you have like no removal that hits him except for Fatal Push. And it, they, the list was on three Choked Estuaries, three Fabled Passage, just to like try to enable more turn one black for, you know, Thoughtseize on one consistently, because the deck is terrible at Thoughtseizing on one. You don't play nearly enough black sources to, to do it. I don't think Fabled Passage solves that problem, though, does it? You play less Fabled Passage. Oh. Usually you play four, because they turn on your, your Fatal Pushes. Um, it's like the only way you have to turn on fatal plus other than omen of the sea if you're playing them like so it's really hard to kill stuff that's like you know you're like heroes downfalling stuff so it's actually like really hard to deal with four drops and so they're they have like two in hand you like you know you discard take one don't find discard for the second they play it and you're like oh i guess that's here now everything in their deck does like two extra fucking damage now awesome goblin chain whirler take two like fucking a like oh hit you with the chamber take five like dear god it's brutal and they have a lot of like three drops like chain willer too which are obviously just as hard to deal with so like legion's end not hitting a three drop so yeah <laughs> so i just got like rolled by it oh and they were uh they're splashing blue um for as far as i can tell just mystical dispute so i had to like i like went for the combo in one game and they were like lol get fucking disputed get out of here kid so lost that one so i finished three and four beat the beat black uh, mono black the mirror and breach 
um, lost to the mirror three times and a mono red. So, um, mono red definitely was not looking good from the way the games played out. My version of the deck wasn't very well positioned against them. Um, and I'm sure I could have played it a little better, but it didn't feel like I was favored in that matchup. So I'm pretty okay losing that one. Um, and then, God, the mirrors, though. The mirrors were just brutal. So what are you going to do, I guess, right? But uh, Inverter Suite? The thing I want to ask you is, how do you feel about... Because it seems like Pioneer right now is very centered around Blue Decks and Mystical Dispute. Yeah, it really is. Everyone's Even playing after it. the ban of Oko, it's like still everyone just packing a bunch of mystical disputes. Oh, it's like a four of just like you just play four and some of them in the main deck. If you're on a blue deck, yeah. It's um like you just look at like the decks that people are playing and it's just like it's good against all the good decks for the most part. Like um I'll pull up the uh It's like is there a way to play a deck that it's like hard to not play a blue deck, right? Well, yeah, because it's either playing the chunky-ish red deck or the Heliod deck or a blue deck. Yeah, because you take your the best decks in the format are like Inverter, blue deck, Banter, blue white spirits, blue deck, Bug Delirium or Bug Inverter, blue deck, Lotus Breach, blue deck. So yeah, and you're down in like mono black aggro, mono white Heliod or a, a mono red deck. I get the five color Nimizit deck, get stuff snagged by it. The Insol deck gets stuff snagged by it. Yeah, like Nimizit is blue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's just the, the good decks are blue and, um, I don't think like blue is super overpowered feeling either is the weird thing. Like the spirits deck is a blue deck because spirits are blue. Cool. I don't think that's like, I don't think spirits is a problem by like any means. It's a disruptive, aggressive deck. Fine. Good. Inverter. Well, Dig Through Time is obviously uh, a potentially problematic card, so that one I could see, you know, blue being pretty good. Bug Delirium, it's an Uro deck. Like, Uro is why, you know, the big reason why you're paying blue in that deck. Um, and it's one of your most important cards, so Dispute, just like, natural include there. Lotus Breach, again, I don't feel like the, the blue cards are, like, busted in the deck, right? Like, Fey of Wishes and, you know, like, pour over the page like you know standard blue combo deck stuff they're like these are cards that are not really bannable and people aren't really playing too many digs if at all and breach they're playing like zero to one i think maybe sometimes two yeah i think two's on the higher end yeah and then like the is it in soul deck like are the blue cards really the problem here like it's just a lot of decks happen to be playing blue like i mean i guess the the air quotes like biggest defender blue cards in the format are dig and arrow and I don't like Uro very much, but I don't think it's like on the chopping block for a banning by any means at this point. So Dig is like the only like card that's like, oh, like this is a blue card that's problematic. And outside of Inverter, it's not really seeing play in like huge numbers. <laughs> so the format is just really coincidentally blue, I feel like, because I don't know how you like you don't you don't fix that, right? So yeah, uh I Everyone's just playing say, a pile of mystical disputes. So would you say that it was just a, a successfully um, powered down the green decks? I mean, it looks like it, right? Yeah, I mean, green got powered down a ton until they 
shove you know printed uro and like uro is a very fair card at the end of the day so i mean you, you i don't but i mean like hardly anybody is playing lanowar elf decks yeah yeah definitely and and you know that's a complaint that a, a lot of people who were critical of the format um had that the people were happy about now like jeff hoogland was like always complaining about that and it's true i talked about it before in the past is that like the thanawar elf decks like if you're on the draw against one of those decks it feels terrible because you pass for your turn one and they basically go straight to turn three do not pass go you know do not collect 200 dollars. and so um those decks are just playing big dumb idiots for the most part and big dumb idiots are really not good against a combo so breach and inverter just kill them because they don't interact very well and the the delirium deck oh just outgrinds it right they play uro and uro is a six six and all their crap that they're paying off with is you know uh five five so uh it gets outclassed also they can take a few hits because they're gaining life from uro or courser of crucifix you know is blocking their smaller stuff whatever so yeah the elf decks got kind of pushed out of the format um the one complaint i actually have with the format i was thinking about is the ramp decks outside of soul tide delirium which i guess is kind of a ramp deck they they're bad they're bad no one's playing them right like what happens they vanished yeah they vanished what happened to, like the arboreal grazer kind of like a uh, tron-esque deck that people were playing that like ramped into aldrazi it's gone like no one plays it anymore deck is just can't keep up um it doesn't interact well with the combo decks um it's i think kind of on the ropes against the aggro decks and i think the mid-range decks are fast enough to kill it um sometimes like so i think the lack of having i you know i hate to say it because i i fucking hate big mana decks by and large i'm definitely anti-big mana but like the format isn't kind of a weird spot where there's no good big mana deck um unless you count you know sultai delirium because they're like trying to ramp up to 13 mana Emrakul like they're kind of ramping like you know they're making land drops of uro and that's how they're ramping is playing an uro deck make you a ramp deck like not not really i mean they are playing you know big stuff they are a a big delirium deck i mean they're you know they're playing ishkana graph widow and amrakul the promised end and two nissa who shakes the world like these are expensive cards like and you're getting to them earlier and then trying to like cast them plus do other stuff the same turn but it's only a 23 land deck so it's not really like yeah so i don't know um i don't think uro is a busted card though it is just the problem i have with uro i guess is it's very homogenizing on fair decks that are trying to like not do combo things it's like well why aren't you playing uro right like yeah that's my big complaint it's just kind of like um a very good vanilla card yeah feels like it's just way above rate it's way above rate it's hard to deal with you know thought sees is like air quotes the best card in the format maybe not even air goods i think actually it's pretty fair just to say thought is probably the best card in the format uro deals with thought decently well like they take it and it's like oh i don't get to like do my turn three uro but it's still there waiting you know or if they take some other card because you don't have uro well that's food for the uro so um yeah i think it's just positioned well against like what people are trying to do in the format by and large um so yeah pioneer is an interesting spot um combo is a big thing the breach decks are manageable you have good sideboard options um like damping sphere and even graph cage 
Um, people have, you know, you can play garbage like Deafening Silence out of white. Um, there are options to beat the deck. The Inverter deck is a little harder to target. Uh, people are really leading hard on the extraction effects to beat the deck, um, which are generally speaking, unless you're playing Lost Legacy, problematic because if you do actually snag anything out of their hand, they're not going down cards. And if you're basically always down a card is the issue, right? Because you've spent a card to like disable their deck. Um, but they might have sideboarded in Coax from Blind Eternities or uh, Scarab God or Pack Rats, and so they just have another way to kill you. And they're still like a, a grindy control deck, right? They have good ways to find their sideboard cards with Dig Through Time, so they're not like, you know, hoping just to rip the one of out of the deck, like they have good dig. Um, I really like Inverter, but I could definitely see Dig getting banned because of it. Um, I mean, it seems like Inverter's definitely like the deck to beat yeah i think so it's just very resilient um and it's popular too as part of the thing like people really like these type of decks um it's super interactive it's got a combo finish uh, it's interacting with interesting zones the gameplay is just very fun and interesting because of, of how um inverter works with flipping your deck um it's novel um and requires a lot of you know planning it just it, it, it's the type of deck that appeals to people that like playing interactive games of magic with there's lots of decisions i really like it for that reason. like that's why i'm playing this i like making lots of decisions in a game of magic inverter is packed to the gills with decisions discard when you invert scrying decisions dig decisions how much cards you put in your deck versus don't put into your deck do you mill yourself or your opponent with jace Every card on the deck has just a ton of freaking modes and options and decisions you have to make. And so it's a really high skill cap deck because of that, which appeals to people. It's a really good deck, which appeals to people. Um, so even if Inverter isn't, you know, maybe if it isn't super busted, it's going to have a huge meta share as long as it's like above average, right? Um, so I don't know. Um, Watsi's going to have the data from Moto, and I think that's going to be a huge factor in their decision making process um if inverter is just like slapping the shit out of stuff i wouldn't be surprised if dig gets a ban um or maybe something like um oracle if they're worried about breach as well but um breach just put up really good numbers and i guess we can kind of segue from that into looking at at gp phoenix and uh and pt phoenix um do we want to talk about just the GP or do we want to talk about the PT first? Um, um tell me which one first you you like. I guess we can start with the PT because it's the more prestigious event, I guess. So let's pull it up here. Let me get this. I'll pull up the the view for people on YouTube. Um so we've got our matchup uh grid here i guess um so best performing deck at the pt win percentage wise was lotus breach uh, i had a 63.8 percent win rate um sporting an insane win rate against mono black aggro of 93.8 percent uh, 85 percent win rate against bug inverter 72 percent against azorius control um and it's just it was positive against everything so except mono red it looks like mono red uh whomped on it though uh, lost yeah. 
a significant portion of its games against mono red just too fast for it i guess um and inverter on the other hand only had a 54.6 percent win rate despite being the most popular deck by a pretty wide margin um so it was still positive though you know 54.9 nothing to sneeze at um boasting a pretty poor matchup against lotus breach um actually the same um win rate as breach had against mono red so comparably poor matchups uh and a positive matchup against everything else except uh bug inverter um since they have uro to kind of grind a little bit better um top performing decks outside of that were the bug delirium deck at a 55.8 percent win rate beating out inverter and um azorius control at 54.7 also beating out inverter um just barely in that case so i mean it's what was it the fourth uh fourth best performing deck despite being the most popular deck i mean it's um seems like it's not super busted um cat was already out of the bag from the previous weekend's pair of gps and pts so that's good i think as far as you know metagame wise although breach's numbers here are quite concerning right 63.8 percent just boasting a great a great win rate against everything except for mono red and then a 51.6 against banned spirit so close close ish to even there yeah but um if you look over at the the gp really quick mm-hmm. those speeches when ready the gp was sub 50 percent mm-hmm. yeah it fell so, a lot that was everyone was really really packing the damping spheres uh there were people on twitter saying like if you're playing in the gp because the the registration for the gp you know was after obviously and it was like if you're not playing damping sphere in your deck you need to like cut a sideboard card and put a damping sphere in like bare minimum so like that was kind of the mood right um that people had it was like you need to play answers for breach in your deck at the gp or you are insane so obviously people came out in force with um the sideboard hate and it still had almost a 50 percent win rate yeah the the uh the best performing deck in the gp was demir inverter mm-hmm. a 56 percent <laughs> win rate I mean, you know, as you describe, being a deck that's more resilient to the hate cards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a bigger event at the GP as well. Um, a much broader um, spread of player skill as well, since anyone can show up rather than having to qualify and be, you know, it'll be a pretty good player to make it to the PT by and large. So, this paints a picture more of you know inverter being if this if this is the people's meta. And, and the people's uh, results uh, with Inverter are 56%. That is um, more concerning, right? And I think that's probably a function, again, of the deck just being harder to answer in boarding. Um, yeah, like if the PT full of pros is performing well on, on Breach, that's perhaps expected. Mm-hmm. Like um, Breach getting second place highlighted by um, William Hugh Jensen. Yeah, he got really unlucky. He got robbed, really. He got really unlucky. <laughs> And then another uh, definitely should have won making the top eight with Alan Wu. So I mean, these are you know <laughs> pretty pretty known known good players. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at this point to see Inverter take a hit down the line. Um, I imagine Moto Data probably kind of reflects this type of um, a spread. But, you know, it takes a while for people to adapt. So uh, card availability is really high on Moto. People are incentivized to, 
you know play stuff that beats the top decks because they get financial motivation to do so um if you play something that wumps on inverter and everyone's playing inverter you're going to win a lot and you're going to come out with a lot of ticks and chests so um had to see how that shapes up online um but wouldn't wouldn't surprise me to wake up on uh one monday morning and see that something from inverter had gotten gotten taken from it that's kind of where i'm at on that one at this point and um actually looking here at some um some events that we've had uh this past weekend we've got a pioneer premiere event that occurred and at seven and oh um out of six seven and oh decks three of them were inverter um two six and one inverter decks in the pioneer challenge uh the only seven and oh was inverter of truth uh one six and one and like five people at five and two with it so really good results continuing again it is really popular it is a deck that the best players are gravitating to because it's a deck that gives you the opportunity to leverage play skill um you know in the mirror and against other decks so um it is i think pulling a lot of really good players to its ranks but these are again really good numbers for the deck so um wouldn't be surprised to see something happen to it but back sipping a little bit to the gp for gp phoenix um we had a very interesting result <laughs> uh a very interesting top deck um you notice we haven't talked about mono red aldrazi once ever on the podcast yeah. <laughs> not in pioneer I mean... at least <laughs> Uh, I would almost argue this <clears throat> this isn't really an Eldrazi deck. Yeah. It's kind of a um it's it's a mono red deck that happens to play three Eldrazi obligations. <laughs> yeah. Um If anything, the real spice here is one copy of Seder's Cunning. Yeah, what a card. No one no one knows what this card does i have it up on screen for you youtubers and we'll read it out but i guess people were saying on twitter that like every opponent this guy had on like that was in like the feature match area had to ask for the oracle text on this card because it's on they have open deck lists right so they look at the deck list they see satyrs coming and they're like what the fuck is that card and so they have to call a judge over and the judge has to show them the card (laughs) before the game even starts i'm like oh okay okay <laughs> but why <laughs> so it's uh it is a what is a single red mana sorcery it says create a one one red satyr creature token with this creature can't block it is a really shitty raging goblin <laughs> does not rage it's, it does not rage <laughs> doesn't block it's not either. even a goblin <laughs> the upside air quotes here is it has escape for two and a red exile two other cards from your graveyard so in the long game, you can make some one ones that can't block. Although was, people pointed out that this works like a really, really ghetto castle Ardenvale in the long game, which is kind of good against control decks. <laughs> you just kind of keep pumping out one ones. Yeah, like, I mean, then it triggers prowess. Yeah, so their only good way to interact with it is sweepers. <laughs> um. 
And you know, yeah. you're a mono red deck, you're not using your graveyard for anything else, so Yeah, might as well get some value out of it. But yeah, that's a that's a one of just kinda you know, they're playing the Force Whispers, the Four Soul Scarges, Soul Scar Mages, and a Zergo Bell Striker. It is the tenth one one drop creature. <laughs> um But better than the second Zergo. Yeah. Man, this deck is low to the ground though, with four wild slashes as well. It's got what, fourteen one drops? That is a lot of one drops. Yeah, still still playing for um Torbran. Card's really good. Cardies have Skyship Raider also just really good. Um really really, you know, does its best janky Geist of St. Traft impression. Yeah. Um <laughs> getting in for three every turn. Um it's got menace too, so it's really hard to block her. I mean really good with um your, your dwarf, right? Because both both creatures get the the proc. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The monkey. So this thing instead of yeah. coming in for for three is now six. Yeah, it's a lot of damage for a two drop. Actually, no, it's um seven. Actually, yeah, it's seven damage. It's a lot. Um. Also, obligator is really good against all these inverter decks because you they they play a inverter of truth and you're like cool, thank you. Uh, I'll take that. Five mana hit you for nine. Excellent. Or if they played, they played Torbrand, Torbrand the turn before. They're hitting you for what ten? <laughs> well, plus uh, the Torbrand, so probably thirteen. That is incorrect. Hmm. Oh, it's because colorless. Oh no! Jazzy Obligator and, <laughs> and your Inverter colorless. are both oh, colorless. No. So I guess it's not very good. But um, yeah. Take hitting you for six is not very good at all. <laughs> yeah. Still, still very good um and then you know it is kind of an Aldrazi deck the sideboard has four thought nods here which is a uh, pretty solid against these combo decks it exiles the card so they're not getting it back uh and it's uh it's a big boy gets in real good and they're leveraging uh what do they have 12 colorless sources they've got four ramanaps four meta vaults and four battlefield forges with 12 mountains nice nice clean mana base Interesting that they're playing um, 24 lands. It's quite a bit of lands, actually, for a deck this aggressive. Um, uh, it was just a testament to how important hitting your Torbran is. Mm -hmm. Also, you're playing against adventure cards and Eldrazi Obligator. It's not like you don't have things to spend your mana on. Mm -hmm. And um, Satyr's Cutting is also a mana sink, right? That's true. If you just have nothing going on, you just make a Satyr. And eight of your lands double is... is uh, damage as well with the, the Ramonet Ruins and the, the Muta Vaults, so it's pretty yeah, pretty okay. Like, you know, you can, the extra mana goes into animating your Muta Vault. They've only got 16 lands that just do land things, so pretty good. Um, I like the, this deck is really lean and low to the ground. Um, definitely seems powerful in uh, the meta that was at the PT, or sorry, at the, at the GP. Um, Yeah, what a deck! What a fucking deck! Satyr's coming, just can't get over it. Chandra's defeat, an interesting one to see as well. Um, trying to think what people are. I mean, right, just good red mirrors. Yeah, right? just the mirrors. Yeah, they valued it enough. Um, some fries for the uh, blue white decks. Kills to kills, kills uh fry kills um Jace as well. So. Yeah. Guess it just also kills Oracle. Can't be countered. So it is a good way to stop Inverter from 
doing the combo. Um, yeah, just a really lean, lean, mean deck. Um, and then at the top of the heap in that format as well, what we have, we had an inverter in second place, Bant Spirits, more inverter, just a lot of, God, it was just all, in, all inverter, two spirits inverter decks, spirits and, and Mono Red Adrazi. Mono Red Adrazi against, uh, Bant Spirits, um, seems like a pretty favorable matchup for Mono Red. Um, their creatures attack into spirits pretty well. Um, prowess. Um, Karizev has menace and first strike. Um, Zergo is fine, I guess. He's only a one of anyways. And they've got you know eight uh, eight removal spells to point directly at him. Raging Frost, uh, Rampaging Frostdawn, also uh, really good against spirits, right? Um, they're they have to play creatures to do anything. The deck is just a pile of creatures, and Frostdawn just stacks it up punishes them for doing so yeah yeah and man if they have uh if they have torbrand in play too you just get bolted every time you play a creature it's like how does spirits beat that like they have to counter uh wants to coco and take six like mm. yeah no thank you so yeah this deck seems really well positioned for the meta they did did a good job playing this deck and building it but um Yeah, just kind of looking at where we're at in the Pioneer meta, it definitely seems like there is pretty defined top of the heap with, um, I'd say, in Inverter and Breach at the top, together with maybe the Sultai Delirium decks a, a cut below, and then um, Bant Spirits. The Spirits decks are doing fairly all right. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere floating about in that same realm. And then so you have your like your clear front runners of Demir and Verter and those reach. You got your Sultai stuff, some spirits, maybe mono white Heliod, maybe five color Nif kind of hanging out in the background, and then your red decks. Yeah, the red decks really are poised to strike well at the meta, though. I feel like, um, you know, I, I was really harsh on those decks because I, I feel like in a vacuum they're just strictly worse than mono black because mono black has just such good interaction and recursion but the red decks just really push the damage effectively um and i think a lot of that is torbran and the um the adventure spell uh spells like bone crusher giant um and they just they get they get a lot of damage out of their land so black gets utility with castle lock twain and muta vault but um muta vault plus um Ramonet ruins is pretty good too so um the decks are similar because you know the, the mono black decks are playing four drops as well with wrinkle and the um uh the demon the demon is a four drop as well right or is it a three drop yeah but i think the, the four four it's kind of interesting that you would think that the thoughts deck would be better against breach but the numbers show that like the low speech decks just crush mono black mm -hmm. well this discard is really bad against that deck and um they're the so redundant mono red decks just womp on the lotus breach deck yeah, I think I think the the red decks are just a turn faster at, at least, and that is that is the key factor, not the discard. Um, 
the 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 lotus decks really shrug off discard effectively which is why they're doing so well in a field full of inverter um inverter you know they do play counter magic their their counter magic is soft counter magic which you can get out of range of with your your lotus fields and um they're just so redundant that they just bully their way through discard very easily so um i could see why mono black definitely not favored against yeah, I mean, breach like game one right oh like this list i'm looking at here that one seven oh the only permission at all is two mystical disputes in which one um one of the pioneer premiere Oh. The one with the one that had three seven oh to me uh inverted. Yeah, this. yeah. Yeah, they're just playing dispute as their their counter spells. Yeah. Yeah, you see some copies of Sensor, maybe a drown in the lock. Um, but yeah, dispute is the big counter spell. Um really leaning on the discard by the by and large. Um, so yeah. Just Lotus Field just beats that. <laughs> just rips off the top you know all their cards are insane once they have field in play like you know imagine imagine you're just like you know ripping their hand apart but not their lands they set up lotus field maybe they get two with a um um a thespian stage off of like a sylvan scrying and then they rip pour over the pages off the top of their deck or something you know or underworld breach like you just lose like gg I guess the good news is you can mystical dispute the Fey of Wishes. Yeah. Although by the time they're wishing, they probably have a, a whole boatload of mana. They are doing the thing. But I mean, you know, if they like turn to like Shorming Razor, turn to Lotus Field, turn three wish, like. Mm -hmm. Yep. Good. Can, good. You can't let that resolve, right? No. No, you can't. So. I mean, it's not like saying it's unbeatable. Like, you can definitely win as Inverter. Um, I think Narset is actually just a really good card in the matchup um, because uh, it bottlenecks them in a very effective way. Um, you know, they do need to, like, draw cards to do their thing. And um, they don't really have good interaction against it. Like, they're playing all these, like, artifact take cards to deal. Because everyone's playing Damping Sphere, right? And so they're like, oh, gotta have, like, my ways to deal with Damping Sphere. And just, like, lol, here's a Narset. Like, are you, did you board in, are you playing and did you board in, like, Fry? No, tough shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's like, well, do I have enough time to load up this blast zone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, blast zone is a really good card in the deck, though, giving him a main deck, you know, answer to to shit like Narset. So, but yeah, definitely. If you're already slower. playing four Sylvan Scrying, it seems pretty free. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so we'll see where Pioneer goes. Um, it's fun. It's a fun format, even though it is pretty uh, homogenized right now. I do enjoy playing the Inverter Mirror, so um, can't really complain, but I don't think it'll stay like this forever. Um, I mean, so you've been playing a lot more um, Pioneer. But you, do you feel like that the format is fairly, as you said, homogenized and that you don't really see rogue decks very much? It's like night and day, dude um it really is like on moto it was like i've played against the weirdest crap early on and like you know part of that was like it was a new format but you know, i was playing cat the counter uh the, the cat combo deck and i was seeing weird crap and then that got banned out and that was still pretty fresh and then 
yeah i was just seeing weird janky decks for a long time and then like even when i was seeing less jank i was seeing a wide variety of decks like you know you play against like the zombie rally deck and um you play against um the flare deck and you play against in soul and um it's all over the place you know these green red stompy decks that were just trying to jam like a really powerful three drop like a rattle master or a love struck beast on turn two every game um uh and like you just don't see much of that anymore it's like everyone's playing like um an uro deck an inverter deck um breach um you see people on like in soul sometimes um but then like the mono red uh there's a variety of mono red decks that z play they're kind of all over the place and then mono black which is pretty homogenized um and but yeah like the those are like what you see really like it's it's a lot of the same decks over and over um just i mean kind of a natural path for a format to take as the meta stabilizes anyways um but uh I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing, but I think I think the fact that Inverter and Breach are the top decks right now really puts a cap at, on like what type of jank you can play. But the thing is, is like you know, like well, you can't just play like your random whatever deck because you're gonna like get combo killed and die, right? But even if you take those out of the picture, most of those weird janky decks are fair, right? Like by and large, they're pretty fair decks, and like I'm not sure they beat Uro very well unless they're like a rally deck or something that just goes really crazy wide all of a sudden or maybe like um a, fl a flare deck that you know they can't really interact with very well with their their removal because what i what i would say is probably one of the reasons why we're so drawn to playing modern is that it's a format where you feel like you can kind of play jank yeah and get away with it yeah definitely um but and standard i certainly don't think that's the case not right now, uh, now. I feel like uh, a lot of the times it's standard gets basically solved fairly quickly by, you know, the, the pro players. And then um, every once in a while, you can, you know, maybe someone comes up with something spicy. But by and large, you, you kind of just have the, the same, like, three to four known quantities crashing into each other. And then it swaps out fairly frequently. But yeah, but yeah, I agree. It's the same shit over and over. But like, you know um yeah so my impression of pioneer is that it's kind of the same there's like there's five playable decks and you kind of ram them into each other over and over again it's definitely moving and that it's, way. it's harder to play garbage and get away with it uh like i think legacy it's kind of it's hard to play straight up garbage in legacy i think but you can still play some some sweet jank yeah i think that the really deep card pool in legacy helps with that um also the fact that the format is so so i think the strategic or maybe how how to describe it i think legacy is actually very homogenized around brainstorm and force of will decks but there is like a huge variety to those decks and then your rogue decks can prey on that and there's a wide variety of rogue decks that prey on that um so like the depth of the card pool in legacy allows you to kind of have a lot of different decks but like maybe like strategically there's not actually that much variation if that makes sense like a big big chunk of the decks in legacy decks are playing like force at will brainstorm ponder but then like what they do from beyond there is kind of all over the place you know you got control combo um mid-range yeah are you, a, are you a miracle deck are you a delver deck yeah are you somewhere in between 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Are you high tide? Yeah, exactly. You, you got combo control mid range. Um, but then there's like the chalice decks, um, the uh, death and taxes decks, the um, land decks, like those decks are all leveraging something about the blue meta, right? Like the lands decks are not really playing as many spells and like playing stuff that's like really hard to interact with and like grinding out value that way. And then like death and taxes is taxes decks with yeah tons of carpet and flowers. Yeah, like death and taxes is taxing everything and going really wide in a deck that is, you know from that doesn't have a lot of sweepers. And then like yeah, yada yada yada. So like I think. I think the legacy format is pretty homogenized, but there's enough room to kind of subvert that. And the homogenized aspect of the format is like very flexible in what you play within that. Like it's like, well, you really should be doing this thing, but the this thing has a lot of potential applications. I guess in depth there's a lot it. of there's a lot of room to meme. <laughs> to meme, yeah. Like if if you want to play a couple spicy garbage cards to meme on your opponent, you you can. Mm -hmm. Like the mono red sneak decks, mm -hmm. and these these prison style these chalice decks, you can kind of play whatever you want. Oh, if you're playing like the, there's like a tr a prison shell, yeah, with like chalice and um and like trinosphere, yeah. and then like maybe some um of the taxing like the sphere effects. You would throw whatever the. Fuck you! Like you have those, you have the, the the colorless lands that support it, and then like whatever the hell you want. You want to play like curse stoppy? Go for it. You want to play dragon stoppy? Go for it. Mono blue stoppy? Go for it. Like you can stop with whatever the hell you want. Soldier stoppy? Great. Soldier stoppy? Yeah, why like, not? Why not? Yeah, whatever the fuck you want. Like doesn't even matter. Like whatever floats your boat. But then there's like there to, to like give the format for a shake. Though there is a lot of stuff wandering around like painter, right? Like. I guess Painter is leveraging the fact that it is a very blue meta because it plays a bunch of fucking pyroblasts. Like that's like yeah. they're just like, oh, I'm a deck playing like a pile of pyroblasts and a really blue meta. But then like they leverage it with like the painter to actually make those pyroblasts do stuff against the non-blue decks, right? So um there is like and a, you know, one mana sinkhole. <laughs> yeah, so like there is a wide variety of stuff out there, but I do feel like the like um the the sun that everything orbits around is the blue they, you know, they call it the cantrip cartel and force of will right that's like that's the like the sun that the whole legacy galaxy or not galaxy the gal the the solar system of legacy you know spins around um and then like the chalice decks are like a black hole sitting on the edge sucking in anything in that comes too close <laughs> um but yeah, but Pioneer doesn't have that depth of, of options, right? Um, uh, the card pool is not nearly deep enough to support something like that. Um, and I part of the problem is the interaction on the format is just bad. That's why everyone's playing Mystical Dispute, is because it's like, honest to God, like, good interaction, right? It's like, oh, one mana, count, like, one yeah, mana, one leak mana. something. like Do something. Like, the, the interaction in, in Pioneer is fucking terrible, and like, all the good interaction is black. Thoughtseize, Fatal Push, like, from the Lacrim right there. Um, and then all the discard spells, like, the two-mana ones are pretty solid, too. So it's just, like... It's hard to... Um, it's hard to interact, so you, like, want to be... doing something really powerful and proactive, and so then you you have these combo decks, and that's kind of where everything coalesces from, I feel like. So, 
Uh, that'll get better as more stuff is added to the card pool. But, um... Yeah, like, so you have, like, in black, you have the, you know, the two one mana spells I talked about. You've got Thanor Elves in green. And then, like, your one mana spells in, like, red and white are pretty garbo. What, red? You have basically shock. Yeah, you have shock. And, like, or, and, like, like monasteries just and Swiss spears. Yeah. But white has garbage. Like, nothing. And three minute inspector is not a playable card in this format. Like, yeah so white has been suffering as a color for a long time in modern magic and um pioneer definitely it shows white is a pretty weak color um green was good until they knocked all the really busted stuff out of it and so they just banned three green cards yeah so yeah i don't know I think it'll get better. I think it's an interesting format still. I still enjoy it. Um, but if you are looking to play jank, you're kind of getting pushed out of Pioneer right now, I would say. If you want to play, you know, in, a, in an event where people are competitive and trying to win. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of, you know, always going to happen that, you know, the Wild Wild West type um, brewing period would end. And I think we are reaching its conclusion right around you know this first batch of pts not surprising like it was always kind of a, a likely possibility that that would happen the pros would get involved kind of shake everything out and then the format would kind of coalesce around that so not necessarily a bad thing but it is kind of going to be a bummer to not play quite as much garbage in pioneer anymore and play against it <laughs> i don't know if i'm one to talk though because i've been a filthy net decking uh player the whole time i've been playing the sweet garbage the whole time yeah just playing the, the top tier top tier until you it's know. banned yep top tier till it's banned or, or at least something close to it like when i was playing flare i think before once got banned flare was like in a really good spot the deck was powerful um but it really leaned on once upon a time like yeah man <laughs> you really that deck just really needs a lot left troll it really needs a lot left troll so badly and and it wanted to play a low land count, so once fixed both of yeah. those problems. So womp womp. But um but yeah, so I think uh we kind of covered Pioneer pretty well. Uh looking forward to seeing what changes. I think I think my my prediction is that we will see a card hit from from Breach almost certainly. And um from um inverter more likely than not. And then it'll be interesting to see where things go from there. Um, I think both decks can survive being taken down a notch. I don't know what you hit out of the, the Lotus Field deck, though. If you hit Breach, which is a really busted card in all honesty, I'm not sure if the deck is like... I think good. the deck's dead. I think it just dies at that point. So, But I don't know what else you can really hit to like take it down a peg, but also, like, like I guess, Oracle? And like maybe that's um, you could go after Sylvan Scrying to make Finding Lotus more difficult. Yeah, I don't I'm not know. sure if but that's like where like they want to be. A though. less consistent, yeah, combo deck. And then against Inverter, they got a few options. They can cut the Inverter out altogether. They can cut out Oracle. They can cut out Dig. Depends how big of guns they want to bring to that one. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of what we'll see in a, in the next month or two. Probably, I would be surprised. Um. But I think as long as they don't cut 
inverter out from the deck. I think if they cut Oracle, it's probably dead too, honestly. Um, it has a chance if they cut Oracle. If they cut inverter, it's obviously gone. I think it's fine without dig. I think if they cut dig out of the format, the deck can definitely still survive. It's, I don't know if it's like the deck to play. I don't think it will be, but I think it's still something you can like play. It's like a, it's like a respectable second tier deck. I think if they, if they do that, I don't think cruise subs in very well and they might just, maybe I'm wrong on that, but maybe they just ban both and just write it off. But I think without the delve spells, you're kind of like, you're playing um necropolis fiend at that point is like a delve spell. <laughs> Or uh murderous cut, but murderous cut targets for that. Yeah, Necropolis Fiend is kind of decent because it doesn't need targets. It's also good against stuff like spirits. <laughs> Just go towards Garmog anglers. Yeah. So Tassikers, I don't know. Yeah, so you kind of change the way the deck plays. Um, but I think it's still decent at that point. Um You have to play much more fair at that point because you're like less likely to find your combo pieces, you know. Um so you're less all in on the combo. Um, but yeah. Um, it kind of wraps us up on our main topics we wanted to cover, unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about, Chris. Nah, not really. <laughs> kind of a in-between week here with the Worlds happening this weekend. Congratulations to Paulo for, for taking that one down. Um but um yeah not a lot of modern and pioneer content out there so next week hopefully there'll be or our next episode there should be some more stuff to talk about so look forward to that we're also going to have a uh another video coming out next week next friday so look forward to that um i'm not sure what we're going to do yet might be i think i think it's time for a modern video what do you think modern video yeah probably modern video um so what we'll we're going to do um Something spicy, probably. We'll pull it out and put it up for you guys. So look forward to that. In the meantime, what's your uh, what's your thought of the week, Chris? What are you super hyped about? Uh, I'm gonna change what I have written here. My thought of the week was going is going to now be Velcat il pinacolo fuso. <laughs> yeah, Italian velcat. Italian velcat. Um. Yeah, so I ordered an Italian Velika to to try out the um, Dryad combo, combo combo-less of amulet and paper, um, and I really enjoy this this uh, Italian Velika because the clause where it's saying that it must enter the battlefield tapped, the word that I'm assuming is the um, tap part is uh, tapato, 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 T A P P A T O. However, the T-A-P is in capitals, <laughs> and the P-A-T-O is in lowercase. Yeah, it is interesting. I wonder why. I don't, I don't know any Italian, so I'm wondering like, what the reasoning behind that is. Yeah, there's no other word that's half capitalized and <laughs> half not. I, I don't know, but <laughs> it's sweet. <laughs> foil, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Has to be foil unplayable on paper for chris if it's not foil i already had one that wasn't foil but i i couldn't play it so <laughs> amazing uh what about you john what is your slot of the week i'm split i'm 50 50 uh between this demir warza deck and this blue white delver blade list um i think i'm off enough cards on demir that i'm not gonna be able to play it 
um, until week after next at the minimum, probably. So I'm probably on Blue White Delver Blade. So I'm gonna I'm gonna workshop oh, that see, a little bit. John, it's perfect. You yeah. have two decks, and you have two weeks. Yeah, I know. Until we record again, I know it's so. great. One each week, right? So I think I think week one is gonna be Blue White Delver Blade, and then week two is gonna be Demir Wurza, unless I'm just uh, obsessed with the Delver Blade after playing it. We'll see. I. I love me a vapor snag, but a two-two half exile vapor snag split. I'm, I'm not super on board with honestly. I just, I gotta test that one online and see how I like it. But uh, that's a uh, that's a uh, aggressive. <laughs> it's real aggressive. I guess like the idea is like maybe you like vapor snag it, then arc arc just charm it on the way back down. I don't know. Just don't know about that one. That's still like a sweet tempo play though, man. Just like uh they like you know they're like time of and you're like uh, end of your turn two vapor snag that shit untap pass like land pass they're like time of back you're like archmage's charm get that shit out of here <laughs> in this scenario because you, you have a delver blind in play your turn one delver right? yeah yeah you have to have a delver in play for this to be every like, other scenario this is not very good at all yeah it's bad you just neglected to play your turn two like guy. I guess it lets you take the playback, but like, is that worth a card? I don't know. It's just like remand with extra steps. Yeah, this is just remand with extra steps. So, I don't know. Uh, this deck definitely seems to lack in card advantage. So I guess Archmage's Charm is really trying to pull its weight there on getting you back ahead on cards later in the game. You're like over here pitching cards willy nilly to Force of Negation and vapor snagging stuff back to hand like no we're not here for a long time oh, yeah <laughs> here for a good time yeah so i don't know i could see maybe taking your foot off the gas pedal a little bit playing four path to exiles might be a good place like i don't know you're playing four archmage's terms you're playing you're playing two mana leak and two remand so like i guess giving him a land isn't great but like see path so bad in the uh the titan meta we're in right i guess yeah oh path your titan okay uh kill your delver with the land yeah huh feels bad <laughs> feels bad you just need to play some squelches <laughs> or um does uh <laughs> does monastery siege say spell or ability monastery what monastery siege the blue one <laughs> the blue siege really testing my knowledge here um <laughs> i think it's spell or ability Pay yeah, two I, or it's countered. I, I, I think it is the full Boom. Frost Titan. Get out of here, Volcut. <laughs> We're under siege. <laughs> Fact checking me, I see. Holding me holding me to it. Spells your opponent's cast. Ah! Oh no. Not abilities. Oh no. Yeah. I just need to play some unsettled mariners then. <laughs> so bad. You know, I did have someone play Unsold Mariner against me, the humans player, mm. to to try and negate my um my Valakut. He probably just had a bunch of lands at that point, anyways, and just paid for it, right? Well, ex the problem with Unsold Mariner the land is enters and pays for it, right? Is it two? It's two, right? Oh yeah, so the land causing I think the Mariner's one. Is it one? Yeah, Mariner's only one. Yeah, I think Mariner's only one. So the land just pays for its own trigger. Yeah, so long as you stack it right, right? <laughs> like, pay so, one. Uh, okay. Fine. Fine. Accept Deal. Acceptable. Yeah. Mm. 
Uh, but yeah, also the problem with Mariner is it's two mana, which is conveniently the same mana cost of um, Battling Mage, which I'm trying to already destroy to play my Titan. Yeah. So Explosives is still real good. <laughs> Don't have to pay extra mana for, for that one. Yeah. Well, look forward to us uh, in the next episode. We'll talk about how Chris has been exploding all the humans and how I've been getting whomped on of a terrible blue-white pile. <laughs> in the meanwhile, thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more of our content, you can head on over to mtgconflux.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter under the same name, and you should check out our video content, including this very podcast, on our YouTube channel. You can find this and a video every Friday. So if you want to watch some some moto action, check us out there. Please, please, please do. Please subscribe. Hit that like button. Um, we're trying to trying to get our numbers back up. We used to post um, FNM videos every. Uh, I think it was every week we posted uh, FNM videos. We've stopped doing that, but we are placing um, moto leagues and challenge content instead. So check it out. Um, you can support us and join the MTG Conflux community at patreon.com slash MTG Conflux or by buying MTG Conflux shirts and shirts and swag on ripable.com. You can find links to those pages as well on our Facebook and Twitter pages. If you have any suggestions or comments, please reach out to us. We'd love to read them. And again, we really do appreciate you for sticking around and join us in the next one. Bye.